You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Justice is served. Featuring the week's roundup and commentary on legal news. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Justice is served. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Black Hollywood Live's Justice is Served, where we bring you the latest in legal news and uh, entertainment. I'm your host, Rawa Gabraab. I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Lonnie Coombs. Lonnie, how are you? Great to be here. Oh, Happy great. Friday. I know. As always. It's been a long week. I'm ready to yeah. get it going. But um, before we get started, got a plug. If you guys haven't had the chance to check out uh, Black Hollywood Live founder Maria Menounos' new book, The Everyday Girl's Guide to Fitness, you have to check it out. Great recipes, even better photos, and I can always use some tips for flattening my stomach. So (laughs) (laughs) check it out. we got some pretty interesting stories today. Um, We are going to touch upon the Washington Redskins losing several trademarks. A Jersey Shore star loses it in a tanning salon. Will and Jada Pinkett Smith uh, were investigated by the Department of Child and Family Services. Investigation's now been closed. Uh, the Aaliyah um, movie on Lifetime may have production halted on it. And we're also going to discuss the topic of posting uh, pictures of one's children on the Internet, on social media, and how uh, and how that can go left very, very quickly. So uh, let's go ahead and get started uh, with our case of the week. Some really big news came down on Wednesday. And uh, in in a legal maneuver that could honestly have really broad implications for the branding of sports teams nationwide, uh, on Wednesday, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office canceled six trademarks for the NFL's Washington Redskins, uh, essentially saying that the marks were disparaging to Native Americans. Now, okay, five Native Americans brought this cancellation proceeding in 1992. So the litigation has been ongoing since then. And um, the lead plaintiff on the case, her name is Amanda Blackhorse, and um, she is a Navajo Indian as well as a psychiatric, um, psychiatric social worker. And, um, and, and she was a very, very strong advocate for the plaintiffs and, and continued to be strong throughout the entire litigation. I mean, one of her main arguments was, um, look, would Dan Snyder, who is the owner of the Washington Redskins, would he call me a Redskin to my face? And, and, you know, she was just, she had really convincing arguments, um, and kind of speaking to press after, um, after the ruling came down. But um, basically, the case was brought under the Trademark Act, which prohibits registration of marks that may disparage persons uh, or bring them into contempt or disrepute. Um, and so it's not over. The Redskins in the NFL are surely going to appeal this ruling. They have two months to do so. And um, in the meantime, the trademarks are not technically canceled. They're awaiting uh, appeal and final ruling. And um, I think when folks first heard this, they thought, okay, the name is going to change, but, uh, and obviously we're going to move forward, but what does this ruling really mean? Well, not much mm-hmm. um, as far as what the team has to do. I mean, the team gets to keep the logo. They can continue to use the name as much as they want. Um, but if anyone 
uses the logo without their permission, it limits what remedies they can have. Mm -hmm. And essentially, really, because there's still common law in place as far as remedies, no one really knows how much this will affect their right to um, sue until they actually sue the first time. And then it'll be litigated and they'll see how much the courts really will say, okay, you can have a remedy or no, there's no patent anymore, so you can't have that. Now, there's a couple other things. It also removes the team's right to term um, to the term Redskinettes, which I guess was their nickname for the cheerleaders. Oh, good God. I know. And <laughs> also the team use of the logo on their helmets. Um, so there's a couple of other things that it does affect. However, you know, I, I find this so interesting, um, you know, the suit. Now, they have been bringing it for a long time. They actually got a ruling like this back in 1999. Mm-hmm. And um, the team appealed it, and it got overturned. So they're saying, look, we're just going to do the same thing. We're going to appeal it. We'll be back here. No problem. But times have changed since 1999. And I think that they are just sticking their head in the sand to assume that they still, you know, can do this without people saying, what are you doing? I mean, um, different minority groups have been able to really be heard in society about different terms that they feel to be slurs or discriminatory, um, you know, African-Americans, gays, they have all been able to speak up and, and society has listened and as a, you know, generally tried to become a bit more sensitive to these things and listen to the people who are saying this is how it makes us feel. What I found was interesting is the NFL, who is back in the owner, saying, hey, look, um, the NFL has always demonstrated a commitment to progressive leadership on diversity and inclusion on and off the field. Okay, that sounds great. Mm -hmm. Then they said, the intent of this team's name, of course they don't say it, but they say the name has always been to present a strong, positive, respectful image. Okay, well, that's nice of you to say, but why don't you ask the people... Who the name is actually representing? Do they see that as a strong, positive, and respectful image of themselves? So many of the polls that we're seeing are, you know, people don't find this offensive. Okay, well, do we really care what just ge- the general population thinks? I mean, if, well, if it's the marginalized group, we need to be worried about them, right? Although it's interesting because there are some, you know, reports that say that group, mm-hmm. the marginalized group, is, you know, it's a small percentage that really cares about it. But it's become such a long-standing battle here. Mm-hmm. People are getting worn down. People are getting tired of it. Um, and I think that at some point, this owner might stand up and just say, okay, you know, or let's let's put it out there. Let's put it for a vote to our fans. Let's let the fa- I mean, he could turn this into a really positive PR move. He could. Instead of <laughs> acting kind of like, you know, kind of that Do- Donald Sterling-ish attitude of, I'm the owner. Mm-hmm. I have all the mil- money in the world. You're not going to tell me what to do. There is one other thing that some people, legal people, are concerned about, and that is, um, you know, having the federal government step in and try and handle this by essentially what some people are saying, limiting the free speech. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a scary turn. And there are some people in the government that are so upset. Um, Senator Maria Cantwell has threatened to examine the NFL's tax-exempt status. The FCC has threatened to bring criminal charges against the club for indecency. I mean, they're trying different ways to get to the NFL to get them to change this. And you would think that the NFL and the owners would step back and say, hey, look, you know, nobody wants the 
federal government coming in and trying to limit us. It just throws everybody into mm -hmm. tons of litigation. Millions of dollars are spent. Who knows how that the broader implications. the reputation. Exactly. So let's just figure out what we can do this without having the federal government have to step in and say, you know, they're essentially weighing in and saying this is our opinion um, along with the rest of society. So it, it's an interesting move. It brings it right back up into the, you know, into the forefront of the this fight that's been going on for years. Um, but I, I just think that the owner at some point and the NFL should be having these discussions and saying, look, do we really need more of this right now with the whole, you know, Donald Sterling? I mean, these pro um, team owners, you know, should. <laughs> well, you know what's so strange to me? Kind of when, when I was looking at the story and, and, and reading over just the history of, of, of the term Redskin and. Um, there are a lot of professional sports teams with Native American mascots, and yeah. it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And right. we've got the Atlanta Braves, Chicago Blackhawks, yeah. um, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Cleveland Indians, and I'm just like, okay, where does this come from, and 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 what is this perpetuating? So, yeah. but I do think there's something different between the Braves. Mm -hmm. And the Redskins. Yes. I mean, it's a, the one proposal that came um, from one group is say, change it to Warriors. Mm -hmm. Okay, then you're talking about the type of person they are. Right. As opposed to the color of my skin. Mm -hmm. I mean, is that all you see? Is that all you're going to identify me as? As opposed to look at what I'm accomplishing. So I, I think that, um, you know, I just think it's very short-sighted and, but... You know, people say, is this a tipping point? Is this going to be, be the end all? Uh, probably not. I mean, right. it's going to be whatever is going on in that owner's head when he changes his mind. Uh, I don't think he worries about the federal government or anybody telling him what to do. I mean, can you imagine, though, if uh, if there were, even if you did change the, ty the type of the name, like versus the skin color versus, you know, warriors, can you imagine if there was like an African American mascot or maybe you know some other uh, some other minority group? I just don't think they would they would ha they would have it regardless of whether or no. not it, it was a reference to skin or maybe to more like a, a character trait or right. or something like that. Um, and it, it, it's definitely disturbing. And considering I think how small of the population Native yeah. Americans are, they're really marginalized. They don't well, have much of a absolutely. voice. Absolutely. And you're hitting on you know the cultural now the cultural impact of that. In many years, mm -hmm. um, this group has has been, um, you know, used in very derogatory terms, very derogatory stereotypes, and without anybody batting an eye mm -hmm. for many, 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 many years. Um, and, and I agree, for some reason, this group seems to be a target of that um, more so than, maybe not more so, but, but without anybody really getting upset about it or speaking out or listening to, you know, the sensitivity has really been missing there for no, all of these years. It absolutely has. And I, and I honestly don't think that this is going to, personally, I don't think this is going to move Dan Snyder one way or the other. But uh, rumor has it that he has uh, registered a couple of other names uh, like what? with the trademark office. So uh, I believe the Washington Warriors. So that may okay, be one of them. Good. And um, I'll have to double check on that. But he, he, I think he knows that there's a possibility that this may happen down the line. But I don't think it's going to happen uh, willingly, which is unfortunate. It because you don't want to see people have to make these choices and be, be forced into these choices. Mm -hmm. You want to see them kind of make a positive change without mm -hmm. having to be forced to go down that road. But we'll see how it goes. Um, it yeah. was it was definitely interesting, made a lot of waves, and I think it um, temporarily caused the public to think, okay, this is it. They're changing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's a big ruling, but it's only about the trademark. It's it is. Not, it's not a force to change the name. So what you're saying is I can't uh, go out and uh, print off all my own uh, red skin paraphernalia and you sell can't? it just yet. <laughs> no, well, that, and that's the interesting thing. Mm -hmm. The funny thing to me is not 
not only does it not stop the use of the name, mm-hmm. it essentially opens the door for everybody to be using it. Right. And the team can't sue. But the funny thing to me about that is, who else is going to go out and do it? I mean, nobody. I, I can't see anybody else. Entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah, but you know, right now because it's such a big, you know, right. sensitive issue. So, anyways, it's kind of an interesting ruling. Okay, let's go to on the docket. Let's. We've got three stories. The first is uh, the Jersey Shore's Mike Sorrentino. You probably heard a little bit about this. Um, okay, I have to say, <laughs> Bravo and I were talking uh, before this happened. I have never seen an actual episode of the Jersey Shore. And I've seen all six seasons, including <laughs> the reunions. Don't judge me. So uh, it'll be very. So you're going to be the expert opinion on this. Um, so he was arrested. Uh, this week because he got into a big fight in um, a New Jersey tanning salon of all places. I understand that's one of the favorite activities on the Jersey Shore show mm-hmm. is to tan. Um, and at first when the reports came out, it was kind of vague and secretive. They said he got into a fight, but they wouldn't say with who. Um, and then it came out that it was at this tanning salon owned by Mike and his family. And the person that he was fighting with was his brother. Right. Um, and then, of course, uh, we got the 911 call, which we're going to listen to mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, let's run that. 911, where's your emergency? I'm a, I'm a customer at Boca Tanning, and my city owner is here, and him and his brother are in a fist fight with, like, family trying to pull it apart in the back. Where are they, inside the store or behind yeah, the store? Yeah, they're inside the store, in the back of the store, inside. And how many people are fighting? I don't know. I just know it's Mike and his brother, Frank. And it's and an the, actual fist fight? There's girls screaming. I just brought them together. The girl at the front desk just asked me to call. Oh, I just hold on one second. Okay. That's it. Okay. So it goes on, but um, they kind of go back and forth there for a while. It's interesting just listening to that 911 call because she's very calm. But she really doesn't give much information. And the guy keeps asking her questions. She goes, well, you know, I just stepped out. Um, I heard something was going on. There's a UPS store next door. The UPS gal told me she's hearing banging against the wall. Um, so there's some some questions here about what really happened. He did get arrested. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, he posted bail. And as he was coming out, you know, he gave a statement saying something like, oh, HR wasn't doing their job and I had to step in. So um, here's my question to you, since you are such an expert and you know these people <laughs> so well. I have two theories, and I want to know which one you think. One is they happen to have a reality show Look at that. coming out. He and his family, all about their tanning salons. So is this just a PR campaign to kind of get people back interested in him and, and his family? Or... Is this um, something to do with perhaps him? He has talked about his sobriety. He went through rehab. Um, he gave an interview recently saying, I've been focusing on my sobriety and getting healthy and getting back on TV. Do you think maybe there was some, a slip up or something to do with that? Or is this just an anger problem? What you, what do you as the expert tell <laughs> in my, us on this? In my professional yes. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, uh, Mike? Who was who actually went by the nickname the situation? As based far on as those, I know, everybody loves the situation. <laughs> he had these he had these um, washboard abs, and mm-hmm. um, he was known for kind of getting into it with his castmates. So he was kind of a fighter. He was okay. also kind of towards the uh, end of the of the show's run. He was also the outcast, so he definitely got into to some fights. So it wasn't too surprising. But yeah, I'd never heard of this reality show until um, with his family until. Um, 
mm-hmm. until the news of him getting arrested came out. So I'm, I'm leaning more towards towards that, even though he does have a fighting past. Mm-hmm. Um, the show is premiering on, um, it's called The Sorrentinos, it's premiering on the TV Guide channel, I think July 15th. So, oh. I mean, it's starting pretty soon. Yes. And, and what better way to uh, stir up the PR machine than to... You know, have a brawl. Get arrested. Yeah. That's the, you know, it's probably this, filmed. But here's the thing that really, yeah, exactly. The thing <laughs> that really bothers me, though, is is people that are using law enforcement right. for a PR campaign. I mean, come on. Law enforcement has more important things to do. There are probably other people calling 911 at that time, asking for the dispatcher. The dispatcher ends up sending out two cars, he was saying, on the 911 tape, and it goes on longer. You know, I mean... What if there was something really serious going on down the street or in another neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know, a domestic violence situation or something where somebody was right. really in danger? So I, we don't know if this was legitimate or not. But if, if it was more of, you know, hey, let's just stir up some attention here. That really bothers me. Yeah, she's pretty calm. And, and I guess the owners were asking. Somebody at the desk was asking her to call mm-hmm. uh, law enforcement. And where were the girls screaming that she was referencing? I was like, what is going on? It just it just didn't sit right with me. And it, uh, I mean, I'm sure we'll see it play out on the reality show yeah. in, in the next few weeks. And um, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Thank you for that little Jersey Shore insight. Um, the next story, and I'm really glad we're doing this because we talked about it. Um, you know, we've heard about this before. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. You know, they have two kids. Love One them. is Willow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Willow's 13 years old. She has a singing career. And this picture um, showed up on, I think, Instagram? Yes. Uh, a little while ago. And it shows Willow Smith laying down, as you can see on the bed, with a, a guy named Moses Arias, mm-hmm. who's 20 years old. I'm sitting there on the bed with her, and he doesn't have a shirt on. So he posted it, like, you know, no big deal. And then people started really going crazy about it, saying um, there's something inappropriate. This right. is sexual. She's 13. Um, they're, you know, 13 and 20. They shouldn't even be friends. And mm-hmm. here they are laying on this bed where the parents. And sure enough, enough went on that the Los Angeles County Department of Children and Family Services launched an investigation into the parenting of Will and Jada Smith. Um, and we've talked about it, so I'm really glad that we are doing the follow-up. Mm-hmm. People seem to forget to do the follow-up to say that the investigation was closed, that um, the department found there was nothing inappropriate. Um, they did ask the Smiths or tell the Smiths that perhaps they should watch their children's social media more closely, which I just thought was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting, the outrage over this photograph. Um, I I think the Smiths handled it well. They just cooperated. They stayed out of the media, although um, Jada did say something to some paparazzi who was asking her about it. And she said, hey, look, there's there's nothing wrong with it. If you see it in your own mind, Mm -hmm. you know, you got something going on. (laughs) You're you're wrong. Um, The sickness is in your head. It's not amongst my kids. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what do you think why do you think the investigation happened in the first place? And um, how do you think they handled the investigation? Well, from what I understand, the Department of Children and Family Services operates on a anonymous, they have an anonymous tip hotline. And so mm-hmm. anybody can call in with regard to... Which is what happened here. Right. It's an anonymous tip. With yeah. regard to child endangerment issues or abuse. And although I think that that is an amazing system and I think it's important, um, I think that that also leaves open, especially with anonymous tips, it also mm-hmm. leaves um, the possibility of abuse of that system open. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got... The Smiths got a lot of flack for mm-hmm. this photo. Now, okay, um, it, it's probably not the best Photo. I mean, Willow's 13. This guy's 20 years old. It's not ideal. They're not doing anything wholly inappropriate. I mean, this isn't porn. They're laying down on a bed. You know, I mean, people can go either way on this. And and 
not my child. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and I have really no interest in, you know, getting involved or even really throwing my hat in the ring into, you know, an opinion on what should happen. I'm not a parent. So, um, so there's that. But, um, this anonymous tip got called in and I was, I, I felt really bad for them because the Smiths get a lot of flack in general, I think, from the African American community because their parenting style appears to be that, um, they just let their children kind of be creative and They're be themselves. Yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. um, and these children are the kids of A-list celebrities, mm-hmm. A-list African-American celebrities with a lot of celebrity teenage friends. And so they're in the public eye. And um, because of these choices that, you know, whether it's dress or hair or activity, I mean, Jaden, uh, the older brother, was actually just at Kim Kardashian's wedding. And mm-hmm. I think he wore like a white Batman <laughs> suit. And it was photographed. Crazy. Yeah, people yeah. were like, oh, why would they let their child go to a wedding and wear a white Batman suit? I mean, you know, kids are going to be kids. Yeah. And um, they, they've gotten a lot of flack. And I could just see somebody, just an anonymous whoever, looking at this picture in some type of gossip rag saying, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. They don't know how to parent their child. Um, let me go ahead and call in. Uh, yeah, I get that. I, I see how other people would talk about it. But it, I found it interesting that the Department of Family and Child Services um, launched an in-depth investigation. I mean, there are so many. Uh, how many tips do you think they get of um, abuse every day in Los Angeles County? Oh, my gosh. Of can't children count. being neglected, of children being um, abused, of children not getting fed, you know. and Well, how in-depth was it? Well, I don't, you know, I don't know how it went mm-hmm. for a while, though, mm-hmm. because this, this story broke a few weeks ago at least. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just glad that we are reporting that it's closed because I'm not hearing anybody else reporting that it's closed. Right. People said it was opened, and now, you know, we know that everything was was finished. So, all right. Um, the last story is about Aaliyah, who um, many of you remember was a, a wonderful singer. Um, her life was tragically cut short. Um, when she died in a plane crash in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And I remember when this happened, it was like, what yeah. happened? They had just finished filming a music video, um, and there were all of these allegations about, was it pilot air? Were there too many bags on the plane? Were there too many people? Um, but a very, very sad, tragic um, ending to her life. And, and she had this wonderful singing career that started um, when she was 10 years old. She performed on Star Search, and then she ended up performing with Gladys Knight, and then she signed um, with Jive Records at the age of 12. Just a quick side note. Mm-hmm. Aaliyah's first album, AJ Nothing But a Number, my first album ever. I used to want to beat her. I used to rock the swoop <laughs> over the eye. I loved her so much. I didn't ever wear, like, any of the uh, midriff-bearing the prop, stuff because I never had a stomach like that, so <laughs> I, I, I knew my limits, but uh, loved her. Yeah. Loved her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and very beloved. Yeah. Um, and so that's what the issue is, right? Right now, Lifetime has planned to produce a biopic of her of her life, um, and they have even cast um, Zendaya, the seventeen mm-hmm. year old uh, who was just on Dancing with the Stars, who's a very talented, wonderful actress, mm-hmm. singer, and dancer. And so they're saying, look, this is perfect. There's been some outrage about the casting, yeah, and now there's um, some outrage about the actual movie itself by. Um, Barry Hankerson, who was Aaliyah's manager and uncle, and mm-hmm. he says he's speaking for the family, and they're very upset, and they're going to take legal action to try and block this. Mainly, they say they're upset because um, the Lifetime never even talked to the family about it, which seems crazy to me. You think they right? want permission? And second of all, they don't think that a Lifetime movie really holds up to the stature of um, her life and her career. They think it would be better to do like a, a musical. 
uh, theatrical film or something on her life. Mm -hmm. So um, they're going to try and take legal action. What do you think about, um, first, about their chances legally to try and stop this? Uh, And why do you think that they're really um, taking the legal action instead of just talking to Lifetime and saying, look, why don't we try and work this out together? Um, I think that... First, it it really depends on what kind of control they have over her estate. Um, From what I understand, uh, the family still maintains all of her music rights and... Mm -hmm. um, Which would make sense. Right. And they um, plan to, from Mr. Hankerson, uh, from what he said, they plan to not license out her music for use in the film, which would, of course, definitely diminish... the film, right? Yeah, Yeah. it would definitely diminish the impact of the film. I mean, all these... I mean, Selena with um, Mm -hmm. Jennifer Lopez Lopez, and... um, And... And what's love got to do with it with Angela Bassett based on Tina Turner's mm-hmm. life. I mean, these these movies, they need to have the music. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know if um, they plan on using the music or not, but it seems like maybe they don't because they didn't. Lifetime appears to not have even spoken yeah. to to the family. And I think that to um, to limit the movie, they can. It, I don't know if they can fully stop production on it, uh, depending on, you know, what other control they have over her estate and her likeness, but mm-hmm. um, I think they can definitely impact it, and, and that's unfortunate. I don't know why they wouldn't go and talk to them, and I also don't know if that's true. I mean, mm-hmm. they've said it, but right. um, we don't know what kind of talks, but you think with um, a movie of, of a celebrity's life, particularly one that has passed, that there would be some type of protocol that one yes. would undergo, that the family would be consulted on casting, that they'd be consulted on a, numer- a number of other things. And, um, and so it, it's already not off to a good start, but it also has provided a lot of press mm-hmm. for this upcoming movie. Same thing for the Whitney Houston biopic that's um, that Lifetime is also producing. Mm-hmm. Family doesn't want her uh, story on the small screen. They want it on the silver screen. Mm-hmm. And um, they are also... I don't. I don't know what control the uh, Houston estate has over uh, over Whitney's likeness and her music, um, but I mean, we may be reporting this story, you know, yeah. just with a different artist next week. You never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Lifetime seems to be in the in the market right now for these these movies. Huh? I live for a good Lifetime movie, though. I, you know what? I do too. That's <laughs> when they said they didn't want Lifetime because you can always do more than one movie. Yes, you know, there's plenty uh-huh. of different ways to do it. We, you know, uh, people who love their stars and their celebrities, they'll see all, whatever movies out there. And Lifetime, you know, can do a good job. And and um, but people are also always really interested whenever there is a movie about a celebrity. Is the family involved? Is the family like it? Because mm-hmm. then you feel like maybe there's more credibility to it. Maybe right. they're telling the story better if there's some insight. And then they get inside photographs and things. So, because um, Tina Turner was she was a producer. She yeah. was all yes, all up in the production. Right. Of and what so the then you're like, oh, then this is really the the way it happened. At right. Least according to you know how she felt about it. So. We'll see. Yeah, that'll continue to unfold. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that's on the docket. We are moving right along to tipping the scales for a topic that I find really fascinating and one that's pretty timely considering Mm -hmm. the social media age that we live in today. Um, So this Virginia mother found pictures of her kids. She had, uh, she she has an eight-year-old son and and two young, uh, younger twin girls uh, manipulated on a stranger's Instagram page and raises the issue. Do parents have any right to fight um, uh, photos that have been posted by other people regarding their own children? If they post these pictures for the public to consume. Um, and I think we have a brief video to run. Just uh, children. This has taught me a lesson. Sierra this- Logan is the proud mother of an eight-year-old son and twin two-year-old girls. I am on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sierra is like many who use social media on a daily basis. 
But last week, she discovered someone had liked three of her pictures on Instagram that didn't include her children. When she went to visit his Instagram page... As I scrolled through his pictures... I saw this picture of my children. The photo taken two weeks before had been manipulated with a caption and multiple hashtags added. To insinuate that my son is a pimp or that my son is selling cars because he has on a suit and he has two little girls with him or to hashtag keep him away from those girls as if to say my son is a predator. Sierra says she instantly contacted the stranger to remove the picture. He blocked me on Instagram. His page went private. And he changed his Instagram name. Now she doesn't know if the photograph is still up or being circulated around the Internet and offers a life lesson learned warning to all parents. My message is share them with the ones you love via text message. Get a page that's for family only. Sierra Logan immediately contacted Instagram. They said that she should remove all her children's pictures from her Instagram page, and she has done that. She's also made her page private, and she suggests that we all consider doing the same. Wayne Koval, CBS 6 News. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, that story really broke my heart. I mean, uh, I just get very sensitive when it comes to children, so I can totally understand a mother being upset about, yeah, about her children's photos being manipulated and having somebody make just really obscene insinuations regarding one's kids. And, um, I mean, we're living in an age where people post everything. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think the solution is to necessarily tell people to to not post photos. I don't know if that's really going to happen. What do you, what do you think? Well, I'll tell you. Okay, I was really glad we were doing this story because mm-hmm. this is one of my biggest concerns and nobody takes me seriously. And, and and people just don't believe. I mean, the mom there that we heard who I thought was very good in her advice at the end, she's an information technology specialist. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's very aware of what, you know, social media and everything. And people just assume or don't think about what happens to the photographs once you post them. Right. And, you know, there's one thing to be posting pictures of you and your friends and maybe, you know, having fun or partying or doing things. And we've all talked about, hey, look, your uh, future employers will see these things. They never go away. They never disappear. But people love to share pictures of their kids. I get it. I love kids. Mm -hmm. I have kids. I have, you know, um, I get lots of pictures of kids and, and they're very fun to see. However, the worst, the, the the best thing, I mean, what happened to her while upsetting was actually fairly um, tame compared to what may happen to other pictures. Right. There are child um, pornographers. There are perverts. There are all sorts of creepy, evil, evil people out there who are looking for photographs and who knows what they're doing with those photographs. Those photographs that they can show up in a, mm-hmm. in a child porn film. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen to those pictures. And if you want to protect your children, what she said at the end is so important. Don't put them out there just right. for anyone to have access to. You really do need to limit those pictures to just people that you trust and you love and that you know are not going to send them out there, you know, on the broad spectrum. Um, and people say, ah, you're just over. Okay, that's fine. But then if you ever found how upset would you be if you found out that this was going on? And if it doesn't matter to you, okay, then don't worry about it. But if it is going to upset you, then you need to really think about that. And, you know, I understand Phil, our producer, explained to me what a mem, a, mem? Meme. Meme. <laughs> 
a meme is, I know it's spelled Mimi, I call it Mimi, um, but a meme is, and you know, some of them are really funny. We looked at some, they're hilarious. Yeah, Phil's an expert. Yes, and he said it's <laughs> it's actually a badge of honor to have your own meme out there. That's a little far stretch, but sure. <laughs> okay. Depending, maybe. Yes. Um, but but it's a whole different situation when it's your children, yeah. and you know, those two little girls are two years old, and mm-hmm. you know, her son's eight years old, and so um, I, I just think you have to be really careful about that. Yeah, and um, I, I wanted to kind of investigate this further, and so I went and looked at Instagram's ter- terms of service. I also looked at Facebook because, um, yeah, I mean, I think what you said earlier really made a lot of sense. I mean, although the caption did not insinuate anything that I would want insinuated about my kids, right. um, which I don't have yet, but <laughs> um, it was fairly tame compared to mm-hmm. what is out there and what could yeah. what could be put out there. And so um, their advice was generally both um, uh, both social media networks would be to just you know, take those photos down. And okay, with uh, with Facebook, you can you can have these photos removed if they come up on like maybe an imposter account or hacked accounts, or if there's abuse and harassment. Um, mm-hmm. And in Instagram, um, I think it's very very similar. Also with the uh, caveat for pornography, which I think would of course fall into that um, fall into that group that category. So um, they probably didn't consider. Both companies probably wouldn't consider what happened here to be as um, egregious as some of the other pictures that I'm sure have popped up in the past and will pop up in the future. But, um, yeah, it's got to be frustrating to – because I've definitely contacted Instagram before or I've contacted Facebook before, even just for questions. And Mm -hmm. and because they're so huge and it's it's just not easy to get responses right away. And and believe me, and it's hard for them to actually do a lot of things. I mean, where are they going to draw the line? Mm -hmm. Maybe what you find offensive, they're not going to find offensive. And then trying to track the people down. It, sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes you have no idea who really is posting these things, and they can't figure it out. You can't figure it out. And then who knows where they've taken it. Even if Facebook's okay, we'll take it down. Then it goes on from there. So it's better for you to stop it before it even starts because mm-hmm. once it's out there, you just have to figure it. Whatever you put out there, it's out there. Yeah, I don't think people are going to listen. I mean, people yeah. are still going to post, like, pictures of their kids. But, yeah. I mean, just know what's out there because legally it's very hard to get these things taken down unless it's really, really egregious. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, and, and a lot of things, like, you know, cute kids and whatever. Okay, it's going to be fine. But the one thing that always makes me really nervous is when the little kids, you know, they, the moms and dads post their kids in the bathtub. I know. I agree. They're cute pictures, but but I don't, you know, because of my background as a criminal prosecutor, mm-hmm. I think, okay, how many sick people out there are looking at that photo in a very different way than the parents intended. Well, because of my background as a avid watcher of Dateline NBC, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I um, I feel this ex- exact same yeah. way. And people post pictures of their kids on the toilet. Like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, they're cute, but come now, come on now, <laughs> limit those. You limit know, those. let's just that's our yeah. advice. But um, man, pretty great topics on today's show. And um, thank you guys for joining us this week. Um, my name is Rawa. You can find me on Twitter at at Rawa and. Um, Lonnie Coombs, L-O-N-I-C-O-O-M-B-S. Please join us. Yes. Please join us next week and um, have a fantastic weekend, guys. Bye-bye. From producers Maria Menounos, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in.
The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.